0: I want you to help me. Would, would you help me sing? I think you all know this song. Help me sing it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear church. Happy birthday to you. Who else's birthday is it? Anybody have a birthday today? We're celebrating today the birthday of the church, the birth of the church. As we look back today, today is Pentecost Sunday. But before that, and still celebrated today, was Shabbat. What is Shabbat? We're going to talk about all of these things. What is Pentecost? What happened at Pentecost? How did God bring the church? What's the difference? How, how, how is it there a comparison with Babel and Pentecost? Let's look at some things today. I think you'll be excited. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to the Book of Acts, chapter number two, and we're going to be reading some different verses. And at different times, uh, we'll bring some different things in. But uh, we, me and Miss Amy just got back from an amazing trip uh, across uh, uh, Italy and Greece and Turkey, and we were basically on a, a journeys of the Apostle Paul tour. We got to see where he was at, where he was, he was in prison there in Rome, where uh, he was there in the Colosseum where they would be shouted and yelled uh, uh, when, when he was trying to preach to them and, and and they just, they worshiped Artemis and they did not want to hear about it there at Ephesus and uh, we were in, in, in Crete and Naples. we, we saw some amazing things. And, uh, but all through that area, especially in Italy, uh, we were in so many different churches. And, of course, we were there in, in Rome and in the, at the Vatican and just seeing all the, the, the history. You know, it's amazing. Uh, around here, we look at things and we go, wow, that, that's a hundred years old. And in our minds, a hundred years. I mean, that's, that's ancient, isn't it? But everywhere we went, there were things thousands of years old. Things that dated way back before Jesus. And the the cities and the areas and and all the the history that happened there. And uh, the Colosseum that was built there in Rome. It was just just, just amazing. But in Italy, uh, it's customary that they scatter rose petals from the ceiling of the churches uh, to celebrate and to recall the miracle of the fiery tongues that came down. Uh, in, in Sicily, we went we, we, we through a strait where Sicily was on one side of us And there in Italy, it, it's quite Sunday It's called Pasqua Torum. The Italian name Pasqua Rosa comes from the red colors on the vestments of the priests that they wear on this day In France, uh, they blow trumpets during the divine service To recall the sound of the mighty Russian wind and we all over the world, they, they they celebrate and they recall and they have different ceremonies and things remembering that day. But I want to tell you this morning, it is more than a memory. It is more than just an event that happened. I'm telling you today, the Holy Spirit is just as alive and well and wants to come and fill this house just like He filled their house. But what is Pentecost really? Well, number one, Pentecost was an event and in Hebrew history. If we look back historically, amen, they celebrated what was called Shavuot. Now, Shavuot is still celebrated among the Jewish people. Shavuot started yesterday, last night, on Saturday evening at 6 o'clock, and will go to Monday evening. Shavuot is being celebrated right now. Shavuot was a Jewish harvest festival and it commemorates God giving the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai. It was 50 days from the exodus of God's people out of Egypt until God gave His law at Mount Sinai and they celebrated from that day, every day, every year after that, they celebrated Shavat. It was also the festival of weeks. It was when that they gave the sheave offering. Uh, that was when they brought in their grain harvest. Wheat and different grains. And they gave it to God as a first fruit. Shavat, Fifty days. Festival of weeks. Celebration of harvest. This was all during Bible times. This was a, one of the three pilgrimages that all of the Jewish men had to make in their life. They had to come at this time to Jerusalem. They had to bring the first fruit offering of their harvest. And they came and they presented it to God. How many knows and just uh, do you understand and realize that God doesn't do anything by mistake? Everything God does is on purpose with a purpose. Everything is time stamped and it, it, it just comes down through history and God puts it together. When you begin to look at everything, you got, that, that couldn't have been an accident. Your life is not an accident. The occurrences in your life are not an accident. God is orchestrated. You are orchestrated to be here today on this day at this particular time in your life. God has something for you. We come on up and we just jump a little bit to Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, after the resurrection, the ascension. holy spirit filled all the house where they were sitting and the church was birthed pentecost we look back at it and some people it's just memorialized as a one-time event this happened in history but i want to share with you today a few things it's more than history It's more than an event. Yes, it is an event. Yes, it happened. Yes, amen, we pull. So God does nothing by mistake. So we, we, we look at, I mean, we look at the birth of Jesus. Here Jesus, born in a manger. No accident that he, the first people the angels spoke to was the shepherds. These were not any ordinary, normal, everyday shepherds. They were the shepherds that tended the flock of sheep that raised the Passover lamb. That raised the lamb for sacrifice. And they knew when the little lambs were born that that only the lambs that were without spot or blemish could be used in the sacrifice. And the shepherds would take the little lambs when they were first born and they would wrap them because they were so awkward and fall down and hurt themselves and get dirty and all that and when they were born they would clean them up and they would wrap them in swaddling clothes to keep them safe to keep them clean to keep them pure until they could grow and be on their own and not be so fumbly it was no accident that the angel spoke to those shepherds and said you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes he is the Lamb of God John said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. It was no accident that Jesus came at Passover. It was no accident that it was right at that time that the brook Kidron that flowed from the temple, that the blood of the animals flowed down and marred and just... Colored the banks of that brook. It was no accident that that was the brook that Jesus stepped across and walked over. When he was on his way to the garden of Gethsemane. Where he would pray. Great sweats of blood would fall from his brow. as under such agony and stress. As he said not my will. But thy will be done. As he surrendered himself to become the lamb that was slain. It was no accident. That after Jesus rose from the dead and he told his disciples, Go to Jerusalem, wait, tarry. I promise you, I will not leave you comfortless. They thought He had come to set up a kingdom, but He came for a bigger purpose and a bigger plan. He came to set up an eternal kingdom where you and I could be a part of it. And He knew that we needed power to walk and to live and to serve. And we needed a divine partner to do that. Jesus When he resurrected, they were excited. Now we're going to complete and continue to do what he called us to do. But Jesus said, I'm going away. He said, it's necessary. It's expedient that I go away. But if I go away, I will send you another comforter. That word comforter, paraclete, helper, advocate, counselor. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, He'll lead you and guide you and direct you. He wanted to come and empower. Here He had a group. He had chosen twelve. One was a bad church member. But somebody came and took His place. You know what? No, 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 nobody ever leaves the kingdom without God sending somebody to take their place. And then others believed, and then the crowd grew, and then he empowered these, and this. and So there was a good group, but they were still following him. They had no idea what to do, or what their plan was, or what their purpose was. Jesus was the one teaching, and preaching, and doing the miracles. And they were just following and watching. They had no idea they were in Bible school. They had no idea that he's told them greater things than these shall you do. But they just didn't get it yet. They, they, you know, they're just like a lot of church folks today. They want the preacher to do all the work. But there came a time... He said, it's time to get out of the seats. It's time to get out of the pews. It's time for you to step in to the ministry and the calling that God has called you into. And as long as I'm here, you're going to depend on me. So I'm going to leave. But I'm not going to leave you comfortless. You're not alone. Jesus said, if I go away, I'm going to send you another comforter. He's going to come and divinely lead and guide and direct you. And when He comes, He'll empower you. And when He comes, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He had already told them... I and the Father, we're going to come in the Holy Spirit. We're going to come and make our abode in you. We're going to make our house in you. We're going to live in you. You see, people had they had a relationship, an outward relationship. It was form, it was ritual. But God said, "I'm wanting to have an intimate relationship with people. I want to come and live within the hearts of man. I don't just want. You don't have to worship just when you come to the house of God or to the temple or to the synagogue or to the church. Amen. You can worship wherever you're at." He told the lady at the well, there's coming a time you're gonna worship me in spirit and in truth. It's no accident that the church was birthed on this day. It's no accident that the 120. So Jesus ascended. He told him, Go into go to go to Jerusalem and tarry. Wait. That's the hardest thing we do. When it comes to the plan and the purpose of God Wait But, but, but what am I waiting on You're just waiting What's it going to look like You're just waiting. What's it going to sound like? Don't know. You're just waiting. Listen, we've got to learn to wait and be patient in the presence of God until the Holy Spirit, amen, endues us with power because when the Holy Spirit comes, He'll lead and guide you and direct you. He'll tell you what to do. He'll show you what to do. He'll give you the words to say. You don't have to figure it out or think it up or make it up because when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll just know. That divine call and that purpose and the plan for your life. God begins to make it evident. So here they are. It's no accident. They're celebrating Shavat. People are there from all over the world. The known world. Every nation, every tongue. All the sons of Noah from generation ahead. All of those descendants in all those different areas and all those different languages have come together in Jerusalem. They have come to celebrate Shabbat. They've come to celebrate the giving of the law, the Ten Commandments, the Torah. They have come to celebrate. They have come with a first fruit offering to present to God. God said, "I, I, I can just uh, I can just think about at the business meeting in heaven. There's God, the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, and they're they're all having a meeting. It's okay. What's the best way? How could we get this thing to spread the fastest? Well, we could we we, we could anoint that one guy, and he could go and." He could travel, and he could tell this one and that one, and we could start a multi-level gospel ministry. Well, that would work. We we understand in in, in missions, uh, we we for, forever for years have taken missionaries, moved them to a uh, area. They stayed there for five or ten years. They learned the language. Then they learned, after they learned the language, they began to speak and minister the gospel to the people. They finally got a few believers, if any. Many missionaries went their whole life without one convert. Some would have two or three. But now, today, we realize, and, and missionaries are still doing that, and it's great. But now we're beginning to understand and realize you can take one person, gather a bunch of leaders from different areas, have one minister go in, teach them, and then they can go out to their own people, their own nation, their own uh, languages, and the gospel can be spread much quicker. Things can happen much faster than one person going and spending a life Whose idea was that? God had it all planned. He gathered every nation, every tongue, every language, and he put them in one place at one time, and then he told his disciples, y'all go down there and meet there in that upper room, right in the middle of all of it. God, listen, if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, he'll put you right in the middle of where you need to be. Right in the middle of the plan of God, the purpose of God, the anointing of God. He'll put you right in the middle of every miracle that needs to happen. He'll connect your life with the right people. If you'll just be led by the Spirit and get in the right place. When you're in the right place at the right time, it's a lot easier. Amen? And so here they are. We pick up our story, Acts chapter 2. Verse 1, on the day of Pentecost, I'm reading from the New Living, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. How many would say today we're in one place? We're all in the Lord's house, aren't we? We're right here in one house. I love how I love how the, the King James says they're in one place in one what? Accord. Y'all didn't even know the disciples drove a Honda, did you? How do y'all get in that accord? So we're in one place today, but are we in one accord? Are we in unity? Do we have the same desire? Do we want to see the the presence of God? Do we want to experience the glory of God? Are we here in obedience to God? Are you here today out of a love for Jesus? Or are you just here because your mama made you come? Your wife made you come. Your husband, (laughs) you're here because you just wanted to see how the new cameras worked and if I look good or not. You already knew the answer to that. Camera can't make me look good. I asked for the slimming lens. I couldn't afford it. They're in one mind. They're in one core. They have one purpose, and that is to do what God has called them to do. That is, they have a love for Jesus. They have a love for people. They want to continue the work that Jesus has been doing, and they don't know how to do it. They don't know what to do. All they know, they are in obedience. Listen, if you can ever get in the, the one place where you're in unity and you're in obedience, I'm telling you, the power of God will fall. But so many times we come together, but we're not in unity. We all have different agendas. And we can kind of get in unity, but if we're not careful, we have different people in disobedience. You've you've got to be obedient to the Word of God. You've got to be saying, listen, we're not perfect, we're going to sin, we make mistakes, but we need to be trying to live right. We need to be in obedience to the Word of God. Obedience to God's plan and His laws in our life, and our heart. We've got to be saying, Lord, I want to do the best I can. And when I fall, I get back up. And you're like, man, if I just had somebody to help me. If I wasn't all alone, I could do a better job of this. If it just wasn't my ability. If it just wasn't my strength and my purpose and my energy. and, and, And Jesus like, I got just what you need. I'm going away. But I'm about to send you another comforter. He's going to help you. They were in one mind and one accord in one place and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At this time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. They heard the loud noise. Everyone came running. And they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. I want you to think for just a minute. I want you to go back to a time to when the people said, God, we're not going to let you ever destroy us again. We're, we're not going to succumb to your judgment. We're going to get together and we're going to work together and we're going to build a tower to God. And they begin to work and the Bible says that God looked down and He saw him. And then I love this scripture. This scripture tells me uh, what, the, what ability that God has put within me if I will walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And, and I could function the way God really created me to function because God looked down and said, whatever they put their mind to do, they can do it. They'll accomplish it. He didn't look down and go, <laughs> you silly people. You can't do that He looked at them and said <laughs> You're created in my image And you can accomplish whatever you put your mind to And he said he, he came down And he confounded He confused He changed their language And that day There was two guys working They were building bricks. They were putting bricks together. They were putting mortar. One guy was slapping the mortar on it and he looked at the other guy and said, Pass me a brick. And he picked up a brick and he passed it to him and he put it in place and they were building. And all of a sudden, amen, the man turned around and said, Pass me a brick. And the other guy looked at him and said, No comprende. And all of a sudden, people begin to speak different languages and they couldn't understand each other. And all of a sudden, a few people said, Oh, hey, wait a minute. I understand that. What would you say? And So they begin to come over here. And these people, they they come And they begin to separate. And they begin to separate and move to different areas. And God confused and confounded. And He made it to where they couldn't understand each other. And now, on the day of Pentecost... The Holy Spirit came. And the believers began to speak in other languages. But all the people came running and they were confounded but for a different reason. But they said, they are speaking our language. We can all understand what they're saying. And they begin to say. It said, a look here. It, it said they, they, they were completely amazed. How can this be? These people are from Galilee. Yet we hear them speaking in our own native language. We're here from Parthian, from Medes, the Elamites, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Pergia, Pamphilus, Egypt, and areas of Libya and Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, the Cretans, the Arabians. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. There was a time God confounded and confused and separated people. And all of a sudden, on the day of Pentecost, at the birth of the church, God brought all languages together in one place, and He empowered them from on high and filled them with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other languages. And all those people came running, and they heard them declare the good news and the gospel and the great things that God had done. Amen. I'm telling you, God can reverse the effect. Amen. I the devil comes to bring confusion. The devil comes to distort. The devil comes, amen, I to try to separate. But I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings unity. Amen. I the disciples were in unity. And then all of a sudden, all the people became. But you know what? There was a lot of different people in the crowd that day, just like they are today. We see in verse 6. said there were some that were confused. How's this happening? Verse 7, there was amazement. There are some people that are amazed by what God's doing, and they marvel at it, but they never move any further. There were some in verse 12 that says, what what can this mean? They heard the people speaking in their own language, and they heard them declaring the good things of God, but they said, what does this mean? There's people today in those same categories. There's those that are confused and don't get it. There's those who are amazed by it, but don't follow after it. There's those who said, hey, wait a minute, there's something to this, but we don't understand it. What does it mean? And then there's those in verse 13, it said, but others in the crowd ridiculed, saying they're just drunk. That's all. They said these people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. It's nine o'clock in the morning. It's much too early for that. No. What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet of Joel. Here's what he declared. In the last day God says I'll pour out my spirit upon all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams in those days I'll pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, they will prophesy I will cause wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth below blood, fire, clouds of smoke the sun will be dark, the moon will turn to blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved and Peter everybody remember Peter Peter always had his foot in his mouth Peter that cut the guy's ear off and Jesus had to fix Peter put your sword up you live by the sword you're going to die by the sword Peter, that was around the fire and said, I, I don't know him. Peter, I, I, I'm not one of them. I, I don't. He denied him three times and went out and wept bitterly. But it was Peter who jumped out of the boat and swam to Jesus. said, that's got to be the Lord. It was Peter that Jesus gave opportunity to respond to, Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. It was Peter. That even though he failed and he messed up, he didn't run away from God, he ran to God. He didn't run away from the purpose and the call. I mean, Jesus had said, I'll make you fishers of men. And Peter wanted to be greater than he was. But he didn't have the power to do it. He was trying to live in his own strength, trying to react and act and do it the way he only knew how to do it. And it wasn't good enough. Listen, I'm telling you, what we do in the flesh is just not good enough. The flesh will do the wrong thing every time. But Peter was there that day, and the Holy Spirit filled him also. Peter stood up that day boldly. He said, when you receive power, you'll receive boldness, dunamis, dynamite power and explosion on the inside and Peter stood up and preached to people and declared the good things of God and declared he showed them David and he said listen here's what you've done and you have crucified the Messiah and I mean he was preaching and convicting and I mean he was not ashamed he was not afraid he was acting not in himself but he was preaching out of the anointing and the unction of the Holy Spirit that had come and the people were listening there's some that got angry. They didn't like what he was saying. Listen, we have that same crowd today. There's some that are confused. There's some that are amazed and intrigued by it, but they don't follow. There's some that are asking legitimate questions. What does this mean? And it's up to you and I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to declare to them what this means. This is the gospel. Jesus Christ, the one that you crucified, was truly the Messiah. You killed him, but he rose from the dead. And they began to preach Jesus. And You know what happened that day? There was the mockers. There was all those that didn't believe. But look here. There were those people in the crowd that day. A deep sense of awe came over them all. So many said, what must we do? We need a move again of the Holy Spirit to where we are standing boldly. We're not cowering. We're not bowing down to political pressure. Amen. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In ourselves, we're weak and we're timid. But with the help and the strength of the Holy Spirit, we're emboldened, we're empowered to stand up in the face of adversity and say, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And He is the only way you can come to the Father. And we can declare Jesus. And some will mock. Some will make fun. Some will criticize. Some will get angry. But there were those that day that said, What must we do? And they believed. And that day, 3,000 people came to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that day, the church of Jesus Christ, not a denomination, amen, but the church that Jesus came and died for, amen, that day it was birthed. And in one day... The gospel spread across the world. All those people that were there that day, amen, Shavat was going to end and they were all going back home. They came bringing a first fruit offering to God and they got more than they bargained for, amen, they came and they heard the good news and they accepted Jesus Christ and they were baptized and many filled with the Holy Spirit and they went back to their homes and what did they take with them? Jesus. And the gospel, and they shared it with their family. Many of you, you've, you've heard me tell this story before, but it just happened here just months ago. Sister Gidget went to the doctor. She's having a lot of health issues and went to the doctor, and she's there at the doctor. And she said, The Holy Spirit just spoke to me, and the scripture came out, and I just said what the Holy Spirit said, and she just looked at her doctor and said, The wages of sin is death. And she stopped. I'm thinking to myself, you know, I would at least would have followed it up by, but the gift of God. But she said, the Holy Spirit didn't tell me to say that. All the Holy Spirit said was just the wages of sin is death. So she said it. She did, he did her exam. She left few weeks or months, she went back to that doctor. She came in telling me, Pastor, let me tell you what happened. She went back to the doctor and the doctor said, last time you were here, you said something to me that I couldn't shake. You said the wages of sin is death. And I didn't know what that meant. And I couldn't sleep that night. And then on Sunday, I went down to a church close to my house. And and I went in and I asked for the preacher. And I said, preacher, this lady said the wages of sin is death. What does that mean? And he shared with me the rest of it. And I want you to know that I gave my heart to Jesus. And I'm born again. Yes. Yes. It doesn't stop because he was a foreigner from another country and he went home to his family and he gathered all of his family and he told them the wages of sin is death. But he told them the rest of the story, and all of his family gave their heart to Jesus. And he told her, revival is happening in my family, all because somebody used the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus didn't just give to the disciples, but he gave to every one of us. He said, it's for you, it's for your children, it's for your children's children, and as many as call on the name of the Lord, I will send the Holy Spirit. And Feel you, empower you, lead you, guide you, comfort you. And when we're led by the Spirit, we declare the things that God declares. We do what He wants us to do, say what He wants us to do. The Holy Spirit is not just an event, it's Not just an experience. It's an amazing experience. They experienced it that day. And many for generations all the way to now have experienced that infilling of the Holy Spirit. But it's more than just an experience. It's for us to be an example. The Holy Spirit didn't come to give you goosebumps. It didn't come just so that you can speak in other tongues. It came to empower you to spread the gospel. It came to empower you to share the good news. It came to empower you. It leads and guides and directs you. And it, is all, it brings all the gifts of the Spirit with it. But listen, it's for a purpose. So what happened? Let's just finish the story. Verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Sharing meals included the Lord's Supper and prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miracles, signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Sold their property and possessions. Shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day. Met in homes for the Lord's Supper. Shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day... The Lord added to the church, to the fellowship, those who were being saved. Listen, they didn't just go, get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and then all go home and just go about things as usual. It changed their lives. They begin to minister, love, serve, meet the needs of the poor and the hungry. Listen, the gospel, the true, full gospel of Jesus Christ will make a difference around you. Now, do you think that they had it easy? You, 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 Pastor, you're telling me I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and then the Holy Spirit will come and empower me and I'm going to have an anointing. I'm going to be led and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do And my life is just going to be perfect. Well, I was just there. I was in Rome in that streets. I walked those cobblestones. I was there in that Colosseum. It wasn't 70 years after that. As they began to spread, persecution came. They began to arrest Christians. They begin to make it illegal. Then Rome caught on fire. And Nero blamed the Christians. That gave them reason to gather them up. And right there in front of the Vatican, it was a racetrack for chariots. Nero threw a huge party. Celebration Big long tables Lots of food But there's no electricity So he gathered 250 Christians Lined them around the place And lit them on fire To be the candles For their dinner They didn't have it easy Even with the Holy Spirit They still gave their lives. They still died. They still become martyrs. But you know what they never did? They never quit. They never gave up. They weren't ashamed to share the gospel. Even in chains. Even in prison. Amen. They were still preaching the gospel. And praying. God did miracles and signs and wonders. And the gospel spread. The church was birthed that day. And went all over the world. And the disciples were dispersed. And tribulation and trials and troubles came. But the Holy Spirit never left them. And He's still here today. Working working you and I and he's still filling, he's still saving, he's still healing, he's still delivering and he's still filling the hearts and lives of believers we need him today we need another outpouring of the Holy Spirit, what greater day to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill your life than on Pentecost Sunday what a great birthday present that the Lord would love to give the church is another outpouring of His Spirit. Listen, He wants to fill your life today. Are you in relationship with Jesus? Do you know Him as Lord and Savior? If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? All you need to go to heaven is Jesus. But what you need to live down here on life is the Holy Spirit. People say, Pastor, why we need the Holy Ghost? I, I don't even want to go to Walmart without the Holy Ghost. Listen, you go to Walmart without the Holy Spirit, you you kill somebody. People are crazy around here. You need the Holy Spirit to come to, to, to help you. You need the Holy Spirit to manage your tongue. You need to speak in a new heavenly language instead of that one you've been speaking in. You've been telling people what you think You need the Holy Spirit to help you tell them what He thinks. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, take my tongue. Holy Spirit, fill my heart. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, empower me, embolden me, comfort me, counsel me. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life today. Band, if you'll just come real quickly. I want to give you opportunity today to receive Jesus As Lord and Savior. If you're watching online today, Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for you. He rose from the dead for you. And He's coming back. Are you going to be ready? When He comes back, will He find faith in your heart? Those of you that are here today, are you in right relationship with God? Are your sins forgiven? That's the first and foremost important thing Is that you know Jesus as the Lord and Savior And then you need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit Today you need to come and invite Jesus To be your Lord and Savior And you need to invite the Holy Spirit To be your comforter To be your guide To be your counselor Your advocate with the Father If you're watching online or you're in this house and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you just pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, today I accept you into my life as my Lord, as my Savior. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner and I need you to be my Savior. Today, I surrender my life, my talents, my abilities, my sins, my weaknesses, and my strengths. All that I am, I give to Jesus today. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. I declare. I am saved. Father I just thank you right now that. As those at home. As those in the building have prayed that simple prayer. Lord as they've confessed. You've forgiven them. As they've opened their heart. You've come in to them. And I pray today that you would change their life. But Father today. Today. We can't do it in our own strength and our own ability. And you knew that. You knew your disciples couldn't do it by themselves. So you sent the Holy Spirit to empower, to comfort, to strengthen, to embolden them. But Holy Spirit, we need you still today. You're still filling the hearts and lives of believers. Today we need you, Holy Spirit. Today I'm going to ask us all just to stand in this building. As we sing, as we worship, maybe you feel drawn to come and stand in this altar. I'm not going to just make you all come, but if you want to come, please come. If you just want to come and stand in the altar and say, Holy Spirit, I need to be filled. Maybe you've been filled and you say, Holy Spirit, I need a refilling. Maybe you say, Pastor, I don't even know what you're talking about. Just come stand in the altar and say, Holy Spirit, do with me whatever you want to. I need you. Holy Spirit, come. Come on, just worship right where you're at. Close your eyes. Invite the Holy I'm Spirit you to come to and fill worship. you. I'm bringing in a brand new soul. I'm raising. I'm ready for a miracle. Oh, I'm praying for a fresh encounter. Souls look into the I'm ready for a i Jesus, you gave the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm your child and this gift is for me. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come into my life. Saturate my spirit, my soul, I give you free reign in my life. Holy Spirit, fill me. Just let Him flood you. Let Him flood you with His grace. Flood you with His love. Flood you with His mercy. Our God is speaking. Can you see it? If you've been baptized Please in the God, Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues, just begin to pray in the Spirit so right now. Receive, it, receive the freedom. Oh, you you it? Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We invite you to come and fill every heart, fill every believer, fill every, believer, fill every soul. God is speaking. Holy Spirit, I thank you that right now you're comforting. That that heart that's been broken. Holy Spirit, right now you're flooding that person and you're comforting that broken heart. Holy Spirit, right now, that one that's been struggling with that addiction and they can't break it in their self. Holy Spirit, right now, you're filling them and you're breaking that addiction. No longer will they be addicted, but they're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. There's those that are confused and they don't know where to go or what to do. But Holy Spirit, you're filling them right now and you're giving them wisdom and you're giving them direction and you're showing them where to go and what to do and what to say. Holy Spirit, do your work. Holy Spirit, right now you're baptizing. And you're giving them another tongue, another language, to speak and to pray and declare the good news of Jesus Christ. Let that new language come. Let them develop it. May we become. Paul. Come, Holy Spirit. In this Come, Holy Feel Spirit. When you said Jesus come into my heart And be my Lord and Savior That He did We have faith to believe that don't we It's the same faith that we believe That when we say Holy Spirit come And fill my life That the Holy Spirit came He lives in you With Him He brought power He brought comfort He brought He's your advocate with the Father Now you develop a relationship, just like with Jesus. Every day you pray, read the Word, you develop a relationship, you pray, you talk to Jesus, you begin to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Every day you say, Holy Spirit, empower me today to live like you want me to live. Speak through me the things you want me to speak. And listen, I'm telling you, As you develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, as you begin to ask Him to fill you, He begins to fill your life and empower you. And I promise you, it'll just fill up and fill up and fill up and fill up until you're baptized and full with the Holy Ghost. And I promise you, You'll just begin to speak in other tongues as He gives you the utterance. It may be in your worship time. It may be in your prayer time. It may be driving down the road. I was in India, in Ecuador preaching on the Holy Spirit and a pastor came to me. He said, I think I have what you're talking about. I was praying and fasting and asking the Lord, Jesus, I want more of you. And I woke up in the middle of the night talking in a foreign language. Is that the Holy Spirit? That's it. That's it. I've seen people all over the world filled with the Holy Spirit. He loves you. Today He has filled you. Develop a relationship with Him and let Him empower you and keep seeking Him until He baptizes you in full. Saturates you. So overflowing, so full that just a my grandmother we'd be driving down the road and all of a sudden she'd just shout woo! Oh! she'd start praying another time granny what's wrong? thought, I hit, thought a car was coming thought a oh she said I just had a thought I just thought of a scripture she was so full of the power and the presence of God a thought would just set her off let us be so filled with the power of God that a scripture that a thought Will just set us off. And we just overflow with the joy of the Lord. This week. Let him lead you. On your job. Let him comfort you. In the things that's happening in this life. Let him be your, 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 your comforter. The lover of your soul. Can I get a big amen? Thank you Jesus. Come on give him a praise.